each person that shares the word of God, when they share, they have a challenge to know if what they're sharing is really what the word is really what God has requested of them to share that morning. A message you can always give and prepare for, but the message needs to be given of God for that time. And because of this, we pray that we have the word of God for you this morning. And so I, Pastor Danny always prays that God would complete and put his word in us. Oh, that he would like certificate his word for this morning. So Pastor Danny did not really get that certificate from the Lord saying this is the word to give until he went into the pastor's office this morning. And he wants to show you like his certificate or his okay that he got from the Lord. <laughs> if you can't read what is written, then Pastor Danny will share with you what is written from your place. And this is the prayer of the Lord. Who knows the Lord's Prayer by memory? The Lord's Prayer in Russian. This is probably the most uh, popular or uh, prayer in the world. It doesn't matter what type of background of faith that you come from in the Lord, but almost everybody knows this prayer by memory. So Pastor Daddy saw this hanging in the pastor's office just now. It's actually something new that's only come to us last Shabbat. So this morning, Pastor Danny wants to share with you about the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word that's live, that's holy, your word that's truth, your word that is bread for us. Father, we pray that you would speak to us this morning, that you would give us a heart to hear. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Let's turn to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it says, Yeshua was praying in a certain place, and when he ceased praying, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Prayer was not something foreign to the people, to the believers, to the disciples of Yeshua. They knew what it was to pray. They prayed in their families. They prayed in the synagogues, in the temple. But when they saw Yeshua praying, they saw something different, something special, something unique. It was so unique to them, the way he was praying, until one of the disciples really dared to say to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And then Yeshua teaches them to pray through this prayer that he gives. Prayer, according to Pastor Danny, understanding is something that you learn. Yeshua taught them how to pray. It's not something mystical that you're sitting in a room, maybe, and all of a sudden, wow, you've learned to pray. As a young believer, so many people said to Pastor Danny, when he was a young believer, you need to pray, you need to pray. You need to pray at least an hour. And I said, yes, I would pray. And I would go into the room. And after five minutes, I finished all the things that I wanted to pray about. So what am I going to do for the next 55 minutes that I have? And everyone said to me, you must pray, you should pray, you should pray. But nobody taught me how to pray. And sometimes we really struggle and fight during the time of prayer. Pastor Danny is one of those type of people that he needs a framework of how to pray. Sometimes they say to people, you need to learn Hebrew at home. Take a book and learn Hebrew, Hebrew language at home. You take the book, you go home, and you don't stand up to what is really needed. And Pastor Danny says he's one of those types of people that he needs to be in a lesson, in a classroom, with a framework surrounding him. 
in the last 20 years that Pastor Danny has been a believer, he's been in a lot of classes or a lot of teachings about how to pray, um, revelations that people have had from the Lord about how to pray, things that they have learned from the Lord on how to pray. Some of what was said was good. Some of them, he went out a little bit more confused than he went in. But what Pastor Danny wants to share this morning is that there are different ways that different people teach on how to pray. For some of the people, it works for them. For some of them, it doesn't work for them. But there is no one specific way that we are taught to pray. But what we do have, we do have the one specific way to pray from the Lord. And this is the prayer. Maybe you can say this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, in a matter of seconds, 30 seconds. So I'm not telling you that you should go and say the Lord's Prayer in 30 seconds and you finish praying for the day. But I believe that in this prayer of the Lord, there are all the specifics or the ingredients that are needed for special, the right prayer before God. In this prayer, there's everything. This is, there's everything in this prayer that you need for your prayer life. But usually there are two specific things that try to take you or neutralize you towards prayer. One of them is laziness, and the other one is a lack of discipline. If you are spiritually lazy, you will never be able to pray, and you will not be able to pray all the time or at specific times. If you have a lack of discipline, and the same thing will happen to you. We have to build up our disciplined life in prayer if we want to pray properly. If you want to say something like this, for example, well, whenever, sometime throughout the day, I will pray. Whenever I have time, I will do it. Usually, there is no time. But if you set aside for yourself that specific time, and you stick to that time frame, and you say, this is the time that I'm praying, then you are starting to build up discipline. And you need to stick with this and stay with this. And you say, this is the time I'm praying. And so some people say, oh, I can't do this because I'm leaving for work at 7 o'clock in the morning. So start at 6. Not at the end of the day. Not when you come home tired. And when you come home and you say, oh, Lord, thank you for the day. Good night. No. Start your day with the Lord. Each one of us has a different time frame or schedule of our day. But find the time frame that works for you. And you say, this is the time that I set aside for prayer. Last week, we heard from Pastor David how he spoke and he gave the example of when Yeshua was in Gethsemane with his disciples. And Yeshua said to his disciples that were with him when they fell asleep after they, when he woke them up, he said, you couldn't have stayed and stood with me in prayer for one hour. So with this, we get the idea that we build on one hour of prayer. Let's just say that this is the minimum you should be praying. One hour from your life, from the 24 hours of your life each day that you dedicate this hour to the Lord in prayer. So the Lord's Prayer, we actually want to read from a different set of scriptures, and that would be in the book of Matthew chapter 6. Please turn to Matthew chapter 6. So Pastor Danny has divided this prayer into seven parts. So let's take, as an example, each part that he has divided up. So now I say to myself, okay, I have the time. I've set aside the time. I'm entering into the time. I have the hour. So now let's divide it right now. So let's take the first five parts that we're looking at, and we will divide those into 10-minute segments. So the last two sessions that we'll look at of the prayer, we will divide it into five minutes. So there are some people that say, oh, it's not in the Spirit. You need to be free with the Lord. You'll get to that part later as well. 
But this is the place to start. So let's start in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6. So let's read from verse 9, Matthew 6, verse 9. So in this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven. That's the first part. Let's stop right there. Our Father in heaven. Even though our Father is the creator, he is the judge, he is the Lord of lords, he is the King of kings, I am his servant and his slave. He is my master. He calls himself Father, Abba. And it's amazing to me that Yeshua turns us toward God in the fact that he calls him Abba, Father. So you know that in the Hebrew language, the definition of the word Abba or Father means family. We think of it as the father of the home. And here we see and understand that when we call Abba, Father, we have come into a family. It's to understand that we've come into a family. We call him Abba, Father. So I know that some of you have experienced in your life, that those of you that are sitting here, that your earthly father was not a good example of what a father is. And sometimes it's hard for us to see God as Father, because the only father I know is my physical earthly father. So first of all, I believe that God is able to heal every wound that has come upon you by a physical earthly father, but also that God wants to give you the revelation of who he is, how loving a father he is, and he worries and he cares for you. And Pastor Danny knows that him being a father of three girls, he says he also makes mistakes. But know that our father in heaven never makes mistakes. He is perfect in all of his ways. He makes the best decisions for us. So when I come to God, I come to him as father. You know that in the Islam or Muslim tradition, they do not know God as father. There's no such word as father, Abba. He always comes as one who governs or rules and reigns. We know God as father, Abba. So we want to read in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, the first chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 1, Deuteronomy chapter 1, we're going to read verses 30 and 31. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes, and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. Here we see that we see the picture of how the children came out of um, Egypt is a father who carried them. So one of the things when I come in prayer before the Lord, I come to him as a father where I am giving thankfulness. Start your prayer with this point. Usually we come before God and we start to request or ask. There is a time to ask, but not at the beginning, not now. Let's take this first minutes and praise him, thank him. Thank him that he is such a wonderful father. Thank you that you have saved me. Thank you that you have released me or set me free from sin. I thank him for my salvation. We won't turn there, but in Psalms 103, verses 8 to 13, 103 verses 13 says, As the father has mercy on his children, so the Lord has mercy on those who fear him. And he talks all about sin in these verses as well. And I can come before him and I can say, thank you that you have forgiven me of my sins. 
Thank you for the new heart that you've given me. In Psalms 100, it says, Come before the Lord with thanksgiving. Come before his presence with singing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And enter his courts with praise. So the first 10 minutes that I'm praying, I'm actually thanking the Lord for who he is. I'm blessing him for what he is in my life. I'm not requesting. I'm just thanking. Thanking him. And even to sing to him. It doesn't matter if you have a gift or a talent for singing or not. So when you're in the place of prayer, you don't have to worry about whether you have a gift in singing. When you sing to the Lord, when you sing before the Lord, it sounds to his ears wonderful and better than any other sound he's heard. Pastor Danny says he loves to sing unto the Lord. He takes the first moments and sings unto the Lord. Some, sometimes people put a disc on so they can help to sing. It doesn't matter how you do it. Take the first part of that time and take that time to praise, to worship, to thank the Lord. That's the first part of the first 10 minutes. If we had time, I'd tell you to do it right now, but do it at home. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy is your name. That's the second part. What does it mean that your name would be holy or hallowed? But in Ezekiel chapter 36, you don't have to turn there. It says, God says that you have profaned my name among the Gentiles. Ezekiel 36, 22 and 23. And he says, I am going to make my name holy. And how will he do this? In the fact that he will bring his people into their land. He will put forth his spirit. He will give them a new heart. And all the people of the world will see what he has done and given to the people of Israel. One of the things that is very sad for Danny, one of the hardest things is when a believer does not honor the Lord in his life. And especially when it is done publicly or in public places. We sometimes hear about believers that have done one thing or another in public. It's written about them in the newspapers or in the news. And this is one of the prayers that we can pray. Lord, that your name would be holy. And every place where your name is profaned, Lord, that your name would be made holy. And we sang the song, Your Name, Yeshua. Every day here in the land of Israel, it is profaned. And we can pray, Lord, let your name be holy. That's the first part of this prayer. But then there's the second part, that it turns more personal, private. Let your name be holy in my life. That your name would be sanctified and holy in my family. I pray, Father, make my eyes holy. Make my thoughts holy. My ears, my actions, all of my parts would be holy, sanctified. The same way that they took the oil in the temple and they put it on every part of the temple, every utensil, every vessel. God wants to do the same thing with our lives. So in this prayer you say, Lord, let your name be made holy in my life. Father, help me to make you holy in my life today, that I will always bring you honor. And I always pray, Father, give me more of your spirit, more of your spirit in my life every day. We have a little problem with a leakage, problems with a leakage. We often lose or it leaks and goes away from us the glory or the presence of the Lord. So we need to be filled up every day with the presence of the Lord. You cannot rely on the experience that you had 10 years ago. You need to every day be filled up new. And what sanctifies us 
is the presence of God in us. So you ask for more of his presence to be in you. So you take those 10 minutes and you say, Father in heaven, we start to praise you. We thank you. We thank you for who you are. And then the 10 minutes after that, you say, Father, that your name would be glorified. Your name would be holy in my life, in every part of my life, that your name would be holy. Fill me up with more of your spirit. Give me more of your presence in my life. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says that God did not call us to uncleanliness, but he called us to sanctification. A few weeks back, Pastor Danny spoke about the names of God. And as he reminded us then, God says, I have put my name on you, the people of Israel. If you belong to the Lord, then the name of the Lord is upon you. And every place that you are, you can bring glory to his name or you can be profaning his name. And my prayer is that each one of us will always bring honor to his name because his name is upon us. So the third part, we've already passed through 20 minutes of prayer. So now we come to the part, let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And I would also divide this into two parts. We know that at some stage in the future, very near future, Yeshua will come back and we will go and be in a new land, a new earth, a new heaven. And we will be in a kingdom that is not of this world with everyone who believes in Yeshua and has been born again. They will be in this place. So we can pray, Yeshua, let your kingdom come. Who has the expectation of Yeshua coming back? Are you expecting him? Are you waiting for him? I pray that each one of us has the expectation. But thanks to be the Lord that he gives us time. He's not in a hurry to come back because we have something to do here. This is the second part of this prayer. Let your kingdom come here on the earth, in the land. So what do I mean by this? So let's turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. So we're going to read Luke 17 verses 20 to 21. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. In every kingdom there is a king, and the kingdom of heaven or God is within us. Every place that Yeshua is ruling and reigning, there is his kingdom. If Yeshua is ruling and reigning in your life, then you are part of the kingdom of God. So when somebody says, let your kingdom come, and they pray this way, then you're, pr then you're praying, Lord, let your kingdom come. You will be ruler and reigner in my life, in my family, in everything. In Colossians 1.13, it says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Why do we need to declare the kingdom of God here? Because there's another kingdom here. And that kingdom is called the kingdom of darkness. And so we pray, God, bring or convey the people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So when I pray for the kingdom of heaven, I can pray for the salvation of the people of my family. I can pray for the salvation of the people of Israel, salvation of the people of the world. I can pray for the government. I can pray, Lord, let your kingdom come in the Knesset, the ruling parties of Israel. Father, let your kingdom come. Show your power through our lives. So we pray that people would know Yeshua. 
Every place that we see the power and the glory of the Lord, there is the kingdom of heaven. Let your kingdom come. We are called upon to destroy and to put to death the kingdom of darkness that's here in this world. We know that every kingdom of darkness, every satanic power has been taken over at the cross. When we bring people to Yeshua, the Lord sets them free. And we need to declare his kingdom. We declare, let your kingdom come. You can bring this about in other ways as well. So you have 10 minutes to pray into this area. One of the things that helps Pastor Danny is to have a prayer diary. If you rely upon your memory, and most of us do not have good memories, we will not remember certain things. One of the things that Pastor Danny remembers when he was a young believer is that he wrote down the things that he wanted to pray about. I would sometimes write down every member of my family that I wanted the Lord to reveal himself to them. I sometimes even put pictures that I would always remember them in prayer. Why do you think that the Lord said to the priests that they would put the breastplate with the 12 stones of the tribe of Israel? Why would they put that upon them? Why did he tell them to put it? Because first of all, that it would be close to their heart and that they would not forget him. It's very easy to forget to pray for specific things. And each one of you that are having problems in your life of prayer, if you do this, you will see a dramatic, drastic change. And it's okay to write things down. It doesn't make you less spiritual. God loves it when we come to him to pray. You can write down scripture verses that deal with this type of specifics. You can declare these verses. There is power in the Lord and in the name of the Lord. Now we've passed a half an hour. And now don't say, I don't know what to pray about. And now we're going to go to the next 10 minutes. And this is the prayer that is for all of us. And this is the part of our requests. Now you can bring your shopping list as to say before the Lord. So now we have the bread of the day. Give us today our daily bread. Most of us, we need this for today, not for next week, but for today. God says, trust me today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today, I will give you what you need today. <laughs> Do you know why God gave manna in the desert every day? He said to them, don't gather for tomorrow. You gather just for today. And so, like most of us as Israelis, we're worried about tomorrow. Let's take manna for tomorrow as well. We don't know what will happen, so we're going to gather extra. Maybe God didn't really mean that he would give us every day. Maybe Moses didn't hear properly. So let's make sure that we have a safe future for tomorrow. So we're going to make a little savings trust. So Pastor Danny says there's no problems with making a savings account. But our faith and our trust is not in these things. The moment that the children of Israel gathered for the next day, they got up the next morning. And it says in the scripture that what they gathered was full of worms. And he taught them in the desert every day, trust in me, and I will take care of you for what you need today and on Friday, and I will give you double so that you will not need to work on Shabbat. And sometimes I say to those that are looking for extra working hours on the day of Sabbath, instead of being at the Keilah, they say, oh, I've got another 150 shekels that this money that you earn extra would not come instead of your relationship with the Lord. If you have the possibility, choose to come to the house of the Lord on Shabbat, but trust him every day. Father, give me what I need. There are bills that I need to pay. 
I have the, the apartment rent to pay. I have food that I need to buy. I have bills that I didn't even expect would be here. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. God wants to give us everything, everything that we need. And not only this, he says, he says, I will give you enough or much more so that you would have an abundance to do good work. I will give you more than what you need so that you can do good works. But he promises to give this to who? And let's read a few verses before this. Verse 6, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, who, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. God is teaching us to be generous in our giving. The same way that you sow is, is what you will reap. If you are not generous in your giving, you will also see this being revealed in your economic life. If you are giving your tenth, your tithe to the Lord, you will see it in your economic life. I don't say this to you. Yeshua says this to you. If you learn to give generously, God will give to you generously. So when I say, Lord, give me my daily bread today. So I come from the fact and the idea and the knowledge that I'm giving to God what he has given to me. So that's the other 10 minutes. To bring your needs before the Lord. Everything you need before the Lord. I've paid attention now that I have uh, gone over something very important. And I will not leave you without that. And before that, we, we have that your will would be done. That your will would be done. This is probably one of the hardest parts of the prayer of the Lord's Prayer. So we in our personal natural life, we do not want others telling us what to do. We always want to do our own will. So when we pray, Lord, let your will be done, we are praying, Lord, let your will be done in my life and in my family's life according to your word. The will of the Lord comes because of our time spent in the word and in by the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Ephesians five fifteen. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We need to know what is the will of God for our lives. What is the will of God for our life? Like I said, there are some things that are very basic that are written in the word. So we read also in First Thessalonians that he says, this is your will of God for your life, that you would become clean and you would stay away from fornication. So sometimes it's not that we don't know the word of the Lord, but when we have to make certain decisions. And it's so important that we do the will of the Lord, because if I miss on the will of the Lord, it could affect all of my life. All of my life. Listen, one decision that is not from the will of God for my life, it could affect my whole future. If there is somebody who's a believer and they want to marry somebody who's not a believer, if he makes a mistake here, he can suffer for the rest of his life or she. It is so important to know the will of God. And we have his will in his word. And we need to guard these things. 
to know the will of God. In 1 John chapter 5, there's something important that we have on this scriptures. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. Chapter 5, verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Sometimes Pastor Danny hears different ones praying this prayer and they ask for certain things from the Lord. And when they don't receive an answer, and sometimes maybe when they receive an answer but the answer is no, then they go through a hard time. But the key here is to pray according to the will of the Lord. Maybe Pastor Danny comes before the Lord and he says, Oh, this Mazda car, I really want a Mercedes, a new Mercedes. And it says here in your word that if I ask, you'll give me. Or maybe sometimes maybe somebody has a problem with their partner in marriage and they say, give me a new wife or give me a new husband. This is not praying according to the will of the Lord. God will not hear prayers like this. He will not answer your prayers like this. So when I go and I say, and I pray, let your will be done. So then I say, really, I'm going to do your will. Whatever you do, whatever you say to me, I will do. And Yeshua himself passed through this time, this trial, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He was talking about the cup of suffering, the cup of the death on the cross. But he continues and he says, but not my will be done, but your will be done. And the will of God the Father was, yes, that he would go to the cross and suffer for us. And he became obedient, obedient unto the death on the cross. So when I take that and I say, God, let your will be done. Show me your will. Show me what I need to do. I want to hear your voice. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. So one of the things, the wonderful things about the Lord is that he helps us when we are not certain on what to do. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 to 21. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Yeshua from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Messiah Yeshua. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. One of the wonderful things about the Lord is that he works in us to do his will. Even when it's difficult. Sometimes when you don't even know what to do exactly. Sometimes when you're trying to decide, should you do this or should you do that? God is working in you that you are doing his will. How many times has it happened to me? Pastor Danny says, many times. So when I stood and I decided to do something specific, and all of a sudden God intervened. And he allowed me or caused me to do the right thing. Thanks be to God that he is involved in our lives. Lord, do your will. You can pray, Lord, help me in my life to keep your word. Show me your will in my life and in my family life. In Psalms 143.10, David says, Father, teach me to do your will. Teach me, for you are my God. Once you know what the will of God is for your life, God wants to teach you how to do it. Amen. What a wonderful God we have. He doesn't just show us what to do, but how to do it. So another part that's almost right towards the end, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. 
this is the time to come in repentance before God, that he would forgive you for all the mistakes, all the failures, all the things that you shouldn't have been doing. But here we also see that Yeshua adds another part. He says, if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. If you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. It's so important that we forgive and that we receive forgiveness. And this is the time I've, I've given in this prayer. I've given it five minutes. So I believe in my heart that you don't have a lot of sins, so you don't need more than five minutes. <laughs> and so he's asking Elia, Elia, you need 10 minutes. You can play around with the time frames on this prayer, where you need more, where you need less. But 1 John 1, 9 states, if we confess our sins, Yesh, amen, Yeshua is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins, amen, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can come out of this prayer that you are clean. If you are a believer in Yeshua and you have been born again, you do not need to come to God in prayer and ask for forgiveness of those things that you did years ago. You have already been clean. You have confessed those. And if you come in repentance time after time after time of things that you've done, then you don't come in faith that the blood of Yeshua has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. Come back in repentance. Remember, he has forgiven you. And you can come out of this prayer time clean, clean from all guilt, from all sin. And then he finishes this prayer. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And in Greek language, it also means temptation. So we ask, Lord, keep us today from every temptation. Keep me from myself. Listen, keep me from myself. I don't trust in myself, or I don't trust myself. I trust in God who lives in me. Sometimes that old man comes alive again, and if we allow him a small place, and if we start to listen to him, he will start, to, that old man, that old flesh will start to work in us. So we say, God, keep us from every temptation. Save me, rescue me from everything. We read in First Peter that Satan is like a roaring lion wanting to destroy. Keep me alert. Help me to pay attention. Give me wisdom, understanding in the word, in the spirit of what's right. Put your, your kingdom near me today and in me. So let's turn to Jude 24. Jude 24, it's the book that's right before. Revelations, Jude, verses 24 and 25. Amen. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. He can guard us and keep us from every failure. So let's put into uh, ending what our prayer is, our hour of prayer, our prayer of the Lord, our Father in heaven. Maybe we pray this prayer together. Pray this prayer together. If you don't know it by memory, it's in Matthew 6, where we read earlier at the beginning. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Let's stand. I want to pray right now that the Lord will cause in each one of us to come before him in prayer every day, that we would have the discipline and we wouldn't come in any excuses and say, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray for, but that we would come and know his power and the way to pray. If there are those of you here that have put aside and you have not been praying like you should, then we ask that you take a few moments now and pray and ask the Lord to put that prayer life in you, that you would return to that prayer life and that God would put in us the fire, the flame of his prayer, of the life that he wants for us. Father, forgive us for each of the times that you have wanted us to come to your feet and our lives have been filled with so many things that would distract us. Father, I ask that you would touch each of your children here now, that you would put in them the desire to pray, put in them the discipline that they need to come before you in prayer every day, Father, to sit at your feet, to hear from you, to enjoy the wonderful presence of who you are, to receive from you the, the guidance and the wisdom. Father, we ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Today we are not inviting people to come forward. I believe that God has spoken to those of you that needed to hear and wanted to hear. And I believe that this is going to be practical for you. You are not going to just be hearers of the word, but you are going to be doers of the word. I believe that prayer will be part of your life and it will be part that you enjoy from God. And that this one hour would be the minimum that we would take and we would be able to take more time to be in the presence of the Lord. So Danny wants to pray the Aaronic blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord put his countenance upon you and give you his peace.